Hi, I'm Tyra G, your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global phenomenal women, a gathering of moms, daughters, great-grandmothers, and all of you who love them. All of you who are fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know, here we dig deep and we come up strong. For those of you joining us for the first time each month, we explore a new theme inspired by you. Yeah, I said you. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us there are some things you do not talk about, but not here. And if judgment knocks hard, no matter what, it will not come in. Beloved, we live beyond the wreckage right here and right now. Every week we experience, educate, encourage, empower each other. We share some aha moments and some stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Every week we start right where we are. Guess what? We're ending our 10th month. You know how I feel. Frankly speaking with Tyra G was one of my greatest dreams. I thank God for every remembrance of each and every one of you who shared ideas, your presence, your encouragement. Y'all know I couldn't have done this without you, right? Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide every Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Now, no worries. If you got a heavy date, you go on and do that because you can pick us up on YouTube at Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. If you want to talk to me offline, you know we have some good discussions, right? Just email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Courtney Nero, for creating, producing, performing our theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. Our theme for the past two months has been Courageous Conversations. Two big words, one big idea. Sometimes one big, uncomfortable idea. For us to get a return on our investment during this time, we've had to step into this space authentically and to be able to receive and exchange information vulnerably. Yeah. We're going to have to be perfectly imperfect with one another. We're going to be talking about issues that are not normally discussed in pleasant conversation or around the dinner table. They're issues to think about, deal with, anticipate, and forgive. Yeah, we're going to learn about, be surprised by, and celebrate issues that need to be uncovered. What we've discovered is the information we're sharing is turning out to be both a wonderful defense as well as a creative offense to a situation in terms of these issues. We have, you and I and our special guests have explored relationships involving breast cancer, surviving it, not once but twice, intergenerational caregiving of a senior adult who's developmentally delayed, a mother's unwavering pursuit to get her daughter back from sex trafficking, Fairfax County, Virginia's leadership to prevent and end homelessness, a 
former incarcerated woman shared her story into her current status as a positive role model and mentor. We talked about domestic violence. Its silence sometimes does more damage than its actuality. We talked about mental health and young people, and last week we walked into that space called the opioid crisis. What we discovered and agreed upon is that courageous conversations don't necessarily happen instantly, right when they should. Sometimes they're a result of a journey, a process, and sometimes courageous conversations live in our heads and our hearts, and they're silent. We have at all, well, I guess each of us has a season where it requires us to be courageous and talk about and walk into certain topics. But sometimes we let fear and shame and guilt demonize our potential to overcome. But not now, not today. We are, pers- we are actually going to pause in a place where we can be mirrors for one another. Our goal is to better understand new and different topics in a different way, as well as topics that we're used to, where we can look behind the words and behind the meanings and come up with new insights. For today, you know how I like to create a common space for us to begin with. I'm going to ask a question embodied in a poem. Listen carefully. question is, what about the children? Tears streaming down, her heart is broken. Because her life is hurting, so am I. He wears a frown, his dreams are choking. And because he stands alone, his dreams will die. So, humbly I come to you and say, as I sound aloud the warfare of today, Hear me, I pray. What about the children? To ignore is so easy. So many innocent children who will choose the wrong way. But what about the children? Remember when we were children? And if it were not for those who loved us and who cared enough to show us, where would we be today? According to the U.S. Children's Rights Organization, on any given day, nearly 438,000 children are in foster care in the United States. Now, these are 2016 numbers, so we will have to understand the validities based on the date. In 2016, over 687,000 children spent time in U.S foster care. On average, children remain in foster care for nearly two years, and 6% of the children in foster care have languished there for five years or more. Despite the common perception that the majority of children in foster care are very young, the average age of kids entering is seven years old. In 2016, more than half of the children entering U.S. foster care were young people of color. While most children in foster care live in family settings, 
a substantial minority, 12%, live in institutions or group homes. And excuse me, in 2016, more than 65,000 children whose mothers and fathers' parental rights have been legally terminated, waiting, waiting to be adopted. In 2016, more than 20,000 young people aged out of foster care without permanent families. Research has shown that those who leave without being linked to forever families have a higher likelihood that youth in general populations to experience homelessness, unemployment, and incarceration. While states should work rapidly to find safe, permanent homes for kids on any given day, children available for adoption have spent an average of nearly two years waiting, waiting, waiting to be adopted. But let's start at the beginning. Let's start at a 10,000-foot definition, and our guests will help us to drill down. What is foster care? Foster care is a temporary living situation for children whose parents can't take care of them and whose need for care has come to the attention of a child welfare agency. None of this is the children's fault. Please understand. The length of, a time, the length of time a child spends in foster care varies depending on family's circumstances and services available to them. This is a 2016 statistic again. There are, current, there are currently over 5,000 children in foster care in Virginia. There's special foster care treatment programs, and I'm sure that my guest is going to speak to these. They are so necessary. But after a break, I'm gonna introduce you to someone who navigates this space with passion, with compassion, with expertise and professionalism. You stay close now. And we are back. I'm sitting across the, well, I'm sitting across from a lovely, lovely, lovely young woman. Um, I'm excited because I asked her, um, how long have you been doing this? And she said since 1999. So I'm guessing she since has seen some trends some positives, some negatives, and probably has some dreams on how to make it better or some solutions. Her name is Kamanya Omatete. I did it okay. Yes. All right. Um, Kamanya, you know I asked my guests to introduce themselves so that the audience can hear your voice, how you phrase things, and they can form a picture in their minds of the wonderful person that's going to share with us. And update us on stats I had, because I only had what was available. But you'll, you have the know-how. So uh, why don't you pretend like you're a book in the human library, and your introduction to yourself would be an introduction that we might read first, and you want us to continue reading you and getting to know you. So why don't you do that now? All right. Thank you, Tyra. So my name is Kamanya Omatete, and I've been with Fairfax County since 1999 in foster care and adoption, and I'm currently the program manager. Um, just started in this field just because as just growing up, you know, I was the people person. It may be a cliche, but I was. And my family has taught me to give and to help others. So growing up, we had 
family members staying with us. Sharing, I had a king size bed. I had family members sleeping with me when they needed help to stay with us because I had a bigger bed. I had aunts and cousins staying with us. Um, we had my sister growing up had friends staying with us. All of my cousins at one point or another after they graduate from college stayed with my family. So my family has always been a giver um, within our family, within our community, um, and that has passed on to me. Um, and that um, you reap rewards by giving and not necessarily receiving. And so I've taken that into my career here at Fairfax. I worked for DC government prior and um, uh, early childhood education center working with children with special needs prior to coming to the county as well as homeless shelters in Fairfax County. Um, so most of my um, employment and my jobs and things I love to do ha has been helping others. Um, so that's what I just wanted to say about me. Well, there are a couple of things that right away rang a bell when I was doing my research on where did foster care come from. Originally, families did take care of one Absolutely. another as they needed it. So it was a natural kind of response. And uh, I think I told you earlier, I was like, okay, is this a new concept, new meaning maybe in the last century? No, in the Old Testament and in the Jewish Talmud, they talk about it was a law. Mm -hmm. that you had to take care of uh, those that needed you, children, and that worthy widows were paid out of the congregational mm -hmm. uh, offerings. So uh, your family was keeping up a tradition. Absolutely. That started with my grandmother. We've always taken care of our family, um, whoever needed help. Um, there were situations that a child could not live with their parent, or my cousin couldn't live with their parent, and mm -hmm. my grandmother made sure to take care of their grandchild, yes. And I'm guessing that it was done in love. Absolutely. Yes, uh, sometimes that happens, you go, oh Lord, I get tired for the weekend, you know, who wants to do that? But uh, it sounds like you had a very loving family, and you kind of had a testimony to that, because uh, for our audience, uh, Kamanya just finished hosting a family reunion. Yep. 150 people. Yep. Or more, plus, 150 plus. <laughs> I'm sorry, 150 plus. Yes. Um, two things. Help us understand. You've told us that it was your culture, it was your tradition to give, it was a family thing. How have you changed? When you started, now you said 1999 with Fairfax County, yes. Virginia. Yes. But you mentioned D.C., Washington, D.C. Yes. And you mentioned uh, children with special needs. Mm -hmm. So that's your life. Mm -hmm. What have you learned? How have you changed? Just in terms of working with families, and I think some of it comes from experience also. You know, as you get older, as you live life more, as you have your own children. So I have two children. Mm -hmm. um, you just learn more through the process about, you know, family struggle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. families may need help and don't know how to ask for help outside of their family mm -hmm. um, and that people deserve second chances and um, you know and working within um, any system that we have the opportunity to give people different resources and looking at their needs with them to see what's going to help their family looking at them as an their specific needs, not just a cookie cutter, mm -hmm. oh, you need this, you need this, you need this, but looking at their specific needs, looking at their, their specific family, that um, that 
we have resources that can help. Definitely families need to, um, or a parent may need to want to access those, Mm -hmm. um, but um, that people have the opportunity to change and we need to get the the opportunity for people to change. So I'm right now, I'm wearing, um, I'm pretending Mm -hmm. that I have children and I'm in crisis and I can't manage my three children. How, if I had the courage to ask for help, help, what would be the process to enter into uh, the system to ask for help? Right, so they would be able to call our hotline um, and, you know, and say whatever, they need assistance, they need help um, with their children. And then um, they will be, it would be determined if they're eligible for services, and if not, within our system, then we would look at referral outside of our system. Um, But if they are eligible within our system, then a a social worker or social service specialist would be assigned to them, come out to their home and do an assessment to determine what their needs are and what we can do to help assist the family. So when you say eligible, and what we're talking about is a very positive thing because in my role play, I'm a mother that recognizes I need help. Right. But in in that 10,000 foot definition, foster care was described as children whose parents can no longer uh, take care of them and the welfare system has been involved. And even though the welfare system gets involved, if there's a crisis um, and the parent may not ask for help, but Uh we're called in to help, we don't always just take the children. Talk about that more. So so our foster care numbers are very low Mm -hmm. um, in Fairfax County. We have about 204 children in foster care with a population of 1.1 million people. Absolutely. So that our numbers are low. And it's because we want to provide families with services to keep your children in your home, in your community, Mm -hmm. um, and looking at what the immediate need is. So if, if a social worker or social service specialist from Child Protective Services have to go out to the home mm-hmm. because we received a call that a child is being abused and neglect, they assess the situation, they look at necessary services, we look at family members um, who can help keep those children safe. Um, there's times where that child has to be immediately removed from that parent, but we're also looking at family members if they can take that child into their home or um, what they can help provide to keep that child safe from abuse and neglect. Um, And then if we don't have family members, it's not safe for that child to be in the home. The last resort is always removal from the home. um, So do you have have a list of uh, foster parents and those who want to be foster parents? Do you, how do you evaluate them? How do I, okay, I, I wanna be a foster, I want to be. I want to be a mommy. Right. So, so, what do I get to do? So, if someone's interested in becoming a foster parent, we have informational meetings on the okay. second Mondays of the month, and we want you to come to an informational meeting so you can hear mm-hmm. about foster care and adoption. Okay. To hear about the children that we have available. To hear about the expectations that we expect from our foster parents. Okay. Um, you would then to move on. You would then go through. Um, pride training and that's our training um, for potential foster parents it's a 27 hour training Um, you will go through a home study including background checks FBI checks local child protective services check local um, Fairfax County police checks and state checks because we need to make sure that you're safe yes Um, but we also look at your ability to care for the children that come into our care that has been traumatized 
um, for regarding anything regarding the abuse and neglect, but also traumatized from being removed from their family. Yes. Um, and so we want to make sure that we have the right family for our children, not just a family. Right, the right, right. Not just a family, but also we're not looking for the child to be right for your family. We're looking for that family to be right for the children that so are in So it's a child-driven decision. Okay. Absolutely. And, and looking at their needs. Right. And I, I think, to me, probably one thing that we don't hit on a lot is the trauma of the child being removed from their family. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's like when I think of domestic violence and sometimes the partner that's being uh, violated uh, is more violated in their minds when they're removed from the situation. Right, because we're removing a child from what they know. Yes, 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 yes. Possibly we are um, doing a great job keeping them in their same school. Oh, good. Um, That's one trend that has changed. We used to, when children used to be removed and placed in a foster home, we used to change their schools. Um, We don't do that anymore. Um, I will not say do not do that anymore. We do that very less. Mm -hmm. It's probably about 95% of the children stay in their base school. Okay. Um, um, There's times we do have to move the children to another school due to safety issues or something like that. Um, But um, the trauma of just being put in a stranger's home. Yes, yes. um, We do look for family members if we have to remove because we can um, start the process for that family member to be a foster parent. And so we look at if there's a family member that has a relationship with the child that is safe for that child will immediately do background checks we'll look at the home and then we can do an emergency approval where they still have to do the pry training and all the trainings um, for them to become a foster parent but at least they could be with a family member the child could be with the family member that they know mm-hmm. um, so and, and make that family member a foster parent okay so right now one of the trends you've talked about uh, changing over the years that you've been involved is the commitment to keep the child in the same school whenever yes. possible. Yes. Anything else that pops out at, that's, that you're doing differently right. now? So just differently from when I started, visitation with their birth family is so important um, just because a, the child needs to see their parent. And so years, years, years ago, we used to do visits um, just in our office one hour a week. Mm-hmm. Now we know differently that children need to see their parents. The parents need to see their children. They still need to continue that bond. So if a child is um, four years or age or younger, we'll make sure to have visits two to three times a week, two Good. to three mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. If they're older, because of their schedule, we may do a longer visit up to three or four hours at mm-hmm. one time, but it may be once a week, depending on the children's schedule, and to make sure that the kids are still in their activities. If they're in football, we want them to stay in football. We want them to still say have the, some of the same activities they had mm-hmm. when they were with their birth parents. We're trying to make sure kids are in their community, staying in, as close to their community as possible. That doesn't always happen, but we want to make sure that they are still having access to their community, still going to their same doctor, um, you know, still seeing family friends um, that they may have close to, have been close to and had a relationship. So we want to make sure to normalize their life as best as possible, mm-hmm. even though they're outside of their home. I was just thinking as I was listening to you, um, okay, so I have my child. Um, I'm not a relative, but I have met 
your criteria and you said, okay, Tyree, you can, we're matching you with this particular child. How do you check up on me once that has occurred? What do you do to make sure that that was a, a viable decision? Right. So the foster care and adoption specialist would come to your home at least on a monthly basis, but because of visitation, we would see you and the child more often. So because we're supervising the visits. That's what I need to know. Okay. So we we supervise the visits with the, the parents, and if we don't supervise, then we contract with the agency to supervise the visits. But also, if you're a Fairfax County um, foster parent, we also have a resource worker that's working directly with you as the foster parent to support you so you would have a visit from that resource specialist once a month mm -hmm. as well as the foster care and adoption specialist for the child at least on a monthly basis so you would be seeing someone at least twice a month but it's usually more often um, one of the things we were chatting about before uh, we came on air was um, my mental health okay Tyra now has this child she adores okay and I'm a single parent. Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted. I haven't had this experience, though my heart wants it. What kinds of things can I do to stay healthy and be the best resource for that child? Right. So there is a foster parent association. So we would give you the information to join that association. So you could talk to other foster parents mm -hmm. because the best knowledge sometimes is other people who are Peers, in, your, yeah. right, in the same situation. Um, we do also have respite um, for foster families. Um, however, we do want foster families also, if you're going on vacation with your family, mm -hmm. we will want you to take that child with you. Now, don't get me wrong, with my own children, there's times my child went to my parents' house this summer. We all need a break at times, <laughs> so I, I definitely get that. But we wouldn't want you to exclude, if you had other children in your home, to exclude that child in the home based on if you're going on vacation or something. But if you're leaving all the children, that makes sense. Um, but definitely there is respite available. There's the Foster Parent Association. Um, and there's other ways to make sure that you are, are getting what you need, um, you know, within the system um, from other foster families, again, and respite and the social worker. And we have different trainings and different information sessions that will help you with the child that's in your home. Well, okay, so now... I have a friend, her name is Betty, <laughs> and Betty has a couple of kids, but she's also a foster parent. Okay. And one of the issues she's facing with this new child is her children mm -hmm. are, uh, are having issues. Mm -hmm. How does she get help with that, or how does, what does she do? So, um, that's a good question. So, um, and definitely... Being a foster parent is not just an individual issue. It is a family issue. Right. And a lot of our foster parents, especially if their children are older or teenagers or preteens, they discuss this because this is another child right, right. that's coming into their home that you don't know, um, that has suffered trauma, mm -hmm. um, and you may see the trauma um, act out in different ways. Okay. It could be internal. It could be external. Mm -hmm. um, and so it does affect having another child um, even if it's the best experience it could be, affects everyone in the household. Mm -hmm. And so our resource workers, if there's, um, if you want to say, if, the, if the, your own children may be having some difficulty, mm -hmm. our resource worker, along with the social worker, can come and um, give some resources 
for the family, the entire family. We will look at what's going well, what do you need as a foster parent in order to continue this, and really just have a discussion with you regarding is this in the best interest, not only for our child in the home, but for your family. And so there would be some discussion, but there would be also some resource given um, to that, to, to the foster family. So I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking this whole thing, I'm, I'm a process person. So uh, Betty has her children, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, Betty has her children, and it's not working out. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, coaches, psychologists, right come work with them and it just doesn't work how do you resolve excuse me so there's there's always time and even in this situation or any other situations that fostering may not be the right time for a foster parent Mm -hmm. um it may not be um i'm not going to say the right fit but there's times where you know we all have our own issues going on mm-hmm. every person has their own issues going on and a, a child that come into foster um, care issues may trigger other issues within the children in the home or mm-hmm. with the foster parents mm-hmm. so there there will be ongoing conversations to, to, to determine should we take a break for foster parenting um, should we um, you know this is not the right fit for a foster parent um, so there would be a, 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 a conversation, a really a frank conversation. This wouldn't be something out the blue. And mm-hmm. we have to look at the needs of the child also that's in the home as well as that foster parent's children also. We want to look at the whole system because we want to make sure that the child in care also is in a safe place, a healthy place, mm-hmm. um, and they're getting their needs met in the foster home. Um, what are trends, for instance, I now have my foster care child, and she was doing well in school. And we seem to be getting along okay, but school is not working. Now, I've talked to the teacher, and she's seeing some symptomatic behavior, you know, like isolation and mm-hmm. all these things. What, how do I address that? Do I call you and say, uh, we've noticed some changes. I've had teacher-parent um, meetings and we think we might need some professional intervention to help us figure out the best way to deal with the situation. Right. So the social service specialist will be with you along the way. So when a child comes into foster care and a child's placed in a foster home, the foster parent is not alone. So again, you will have the foster care and adoption specialist. You will have the resource worker who's the support to the foster parent. We have family partnership meetings on a regular basis Mm -hmm. with um, providers, with the birth parent, with the foster parent, Mm -hmm. with the the youth there at 12 and older, the youth needs need to be part of that meeting because they have a say also. Um, And then, the, the social worker, the social service specialist will work with you, work with the school. We also have CASA, um, court yes. appointed special advocate, yes. will be seeing the child at least twice a month. <laughs> so, um, and we also have the guardian and litem. That's what I was going to ask you. Will also be there too. So, there's a lot of people who will be involved 
is a lot. System of care. The system of care will be involved with the child's life. And then if there's something that's going on, absolutely, we're going to make referrals. Mm -hmm. We're going to work with you to make sure that child gets the services that child needs, as well as we're going to be working with the parents to give them the services they need also. Um, So it's not that you're going to be left alone to help make these decisions. The the social worker, the guardian, everyone will be along with you. And we like to have the family partnership meetings so everybody is on the same page at every point of the case. Now, when I was uh, working with county, we had just rolled out systems of care. Mm-hmm. And what you've just de- what you've just described and people probably need to understand uh, what we're what we're saying. And I guess you really have defined it though is that the child is a center. Right. And the centerpiece and the center uh, focus. Right. And so whatever that child might need and it could shift back and forth so you bring in the resource as the need is identified right and then you evaluate the need until it's not needed or something else is needed to be added etc so okay so as a uh, foster care parent I'm not alone you're not alone okay so I did a lot of uh, reading and I chose not to read some of the stories that I researched because they were really negative Mm -hmm. and they were testimonies of people who had been in foster care and who aged out Mm -hmm. and um, another thing that I noticed when I was working with the county was children who get old age out of a system where do they go and my particular focus at the time was often they become homeless they become, they sleep on other people's couches, you know, they just drop out. What are we doing here in Fairfax County, Virginia, to minimize that, to to help these children transition? Right, so of course our goal is that every child deserves a family, and every child deserves permanency, and permanency is a child who is returned to their birth family, okay, um, or placed or custody is given to a relative, um, or they are adopted by a relative or a non-relative, so that's permanency. Um, We do have some youth who do age out of the system. Aging out means they have not reached permanency at the age of 18 years old. Right. Um, We can serve our youth until they're 21, and we encourage them because at 18, as you probably know, you know, they're legally an adult, but I say you're not grown yet. So. Yeah. Wait till you're 30. <laughs> right. You're not grown, right. And sometimes not even at 30, right? Yeah. So, um, and so we can serve them until they're 21 years old. And our goal is for them to have lifelong connections. That okay. They had, that they have the skills um, to be successful and independent young adults. Um, we have um, several programs. So one, for them to continue to work with us after it's, it's called Fostering Futures, and Virginia um, put this in law in July 1, 2016, that all localities um, need to work with our young adults, if you want to say at 18, until they're t- 21. Um, prior to July 1, 
it wasn't mandated for all localities. Fairfax has always worked with our youth until 21 years old because they need that support as I needed a support when I was in college to have that continued support to become a successful young adult. So we provide, um, they can stay with their foster parent, they can go to college. We have several youth who go to college, four-year colleges, Mm -hmm. or go to NOVA. Um, We provide them with not only helping them with education they they are considered a, a family of one so they get you know um free financial aid so they don't have to have anybody else income so they so do they're get like fun. emancipated they, at that time yes yeah. so when they, so when oh. they do the FAFSA they're considered a family of one because they were in foster care at age 16 or over yes Okay, so okay, and so so we if we so we can continue to provide so we could give them a stipend stipend um to assist them in college or for housing. Um, we can do continue case management skills. We still have to see them on a monthly basis to make sure they're okay. They need support. They're gonna make mistakes as I did in college, mm-hmm. um, um, but we're also helping them with budgeting. We have an independent living coordinator. We're given, um, we have workshops to help them with just life skills. Um, but also we want them to have those lifelong connections because I know how I learned is from my parents. Mm-hmm. So you want them, if they're with the foster family, they can stay with their foster family, and we're going to continue to provide support for that foster family to have them continue to stay with them. If they want them. If, 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 and most foster families do. They want them to stay there. They have developed a relationship okay. with them because they've been with them prior to them turning 18 years old. So they've developed a relationship, and they treat them as their own, and they're going to support them. Okay, what I want to do is take a, take a quick break, but I want to come back. I want to focus on, this is so important, I want you to talk a little bit more about fostering futures. Okay. Okay? And, uh, again, we'll review what kind of assistance we give to young people years 18 to 21 in the system. Okay? Okay. All righty. And we are back. I am sitting here having a wonderful conversation with Ms. Kamonia. Kamonia. Oh, I'll get it right. Uh, Omatete. Omatete, yes. Okay. Uh, She is program manager for Fairfax County's uh, foster care and adoption. And uh, she's been enlightening us on some of the models of uh, support that exists for foster parents and the system of care that's available for those children who are in uh, foster care. Uh, The key thing that... uh, we try to do as a county is to reunite, return the child to the natural family, if at all possible. Yes, correct. Absolutely. Okay, and um, there are all kinds of support systems. And before we went to break, we were talking about okay, so I may go into foster care at age four, and I may find myself at age eighteen still having had several foster homes. And the question is, the term used is aged out. And uh, we're talking about the, the extended services that are available until age 21 to those children. Would you review those with us quickly? Sure. I do want to say is that um, we do not have hardly any children who come into foster care at age four who age out at 18. Um, if, they're, if a child's coming in at a young age, they are reaching permanency. The children say talk about what that means that term so the reach in permanency permanency is they're either being reunited with their 
previous caregiver, which is, could be a birth parent or a relative, okay. or custodies to a relative, or those children are being adopted by a relative or a non-relative. The children who usually age out, are usually, they usually come in at 11 years old or older. Okay. Um, um, a lot of a lot of times they may they may be teenagers. We have children; they're not really te- children, but youth who come in at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. And there would there um, would be the same kind of circumstances that would have them come into the system yes, as it would somebody right, else. Right? Yes, they would been would have been abused and or neglected. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So thank you for that clarification. Um, what I thought very interesting, and I don't know how this got past me. Uh, we're talking about uh, children that have the ability to be supported through age 21. We yes. talked about they could go to college. Yes. And they're supported maybe with a stipend. Yeah. So children who age out and they do go to college, so they um, apply to colleges. They mm-hmm. complete the FAFSA, which is a free financial aid form. They apply for scholarships. If they go to NOVA, um, that tuition is free for those mm-hmm. two years for mm-hmm. children in um, youth in foster care. That we do give them a stipend. It's a maintenance um, each month um, to help support them. Um, we continue to case manage them. They continue to receive the resources and medical assistance they need. We're going to continue to work with them until they're 21 years old. After 21 years old, they're still eligible for the education training voucher until they're 23 years old. I believe they're trying to move that actually until they're 26 years Mm -hmm. old. So that's up to $5,000 a year Mm -hmm. for their um, ongoing studies. Okay. help with books, Mm -hmm. um, necessary supplies or equipment for their classes and so there is continued support for them and i just for clarification because we are here in northern virginia nova is it's northern virginia, virginia community, community college, college. Yes. and it's also one of the largest in the united states and uh, we're very proud yes of the campuses and the programs provided i wanted to park uh go back to actually the term used fostering futures yes what is that so that that is for uh, um the departments in virginia to be able to continue to provide services for the youth who are 18 and above okay so that's so that's related to all right yeah that's fostering futures okay um talk to me a bit about what's the average number of children that may be in a home uh two-parent foster care home? So I don't have the numbers for two-parent, but we have about 86% of our children are with in a foster family home. And I don't know if they're two-parent or one-parent. I understand. Yes, yes but they are in 86%, six, 86% of our kids are in foster homes. Okay, and you mentioned um, permanency. Yes. And so what is the percentage of adoption and how how long may they be with that family that adopts them before the adoption process occurs? So the, the percent for adoption, I have the percent that reach permanency, which is return home adoption. Yes. Or okay. Relatives. So last fiscal year, which was 2018, which ended June 30th, 72 percent of our children reached permanency. Okay. Um, and um, so and for adoption, for children who are available for adoption, because we do try to reunite right, the children right, right. first, uh-huh. we have to go through a process. And then when the court terminates parental rights and the children are available for adoption, um, we hope that 
the foster family that they're with would adopt them. If not, then we need to recruit for a, uh, an adoptive family for those children. So usually the goal is to have an adoption finalized within 24 months of the child oh. entering care. Okay. At times that does not happen because the parents have rights. They can appeal okay. the process mm-hmm. um, or the court's ruling, which parents have the right and exercise their right to do that and so it could take a bit longer mm-hmm. um, so usually it could be between 24 months to 36 months there's sometimes it's shorter and sometimes it's longer so um, there's so many questions I have and so many questions so little time um, two things uh, for our listening audience we have learned that we have a very viable system here in Fairfax County and based on the uh, national numbers and the worldwide numbers, we are have a very small percentage of our children in foster care. Yes. And we have some very progressive programs. And uh, with the child in foster care being the centerpiece and the center focus of services being provided, ongoing services. Um, do you have anything you would like to say to our audience to help them better feel what it's like to uh, experience a foster care, uh, I guess it's placement. If they, so if they were foster parents? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. Um, You know, I tell our foster parents, first of all, they're blessed because they accept children in their home sometimes in the middle of the night yeah not knowing a lot about the children that are coming to home and their family um, because one of the um, things or expectations we want for our foster parents is to bridge the gap with the birth family yes um, and have a real some type of relationship with the birth family because that child doesn't come by itself it comes exactly with the family and so just for them to know that you're not alone we have they are supported they have a group of not only professionals but sometimes family members sometimes family members can't take the children and for one example we have a grandmother who has supported the foster parents um, and is supporting the foster parents and adopting the children she can't take the children but she's going to be a grandmother she's still going to be the grandmother to those children um, and is and, and is a support for the foster parents and her grandchildren. Um, so that you're not alone, that it's a team. They are part of the team because they're taking care of these children. What they say are, is important um, because they are helping to raise the children that are in their home along with the birth family. Um, and that, again, again, that um, they are gonna be supported throughout this process. And I think what you said is what many of us hear often. It takes a village. Yes. It takes a village. I am not going to let you off the hook. I ask you to write a letter and to your younger self based on where you are now, and I want you to read that. And should you like to become a foster parent quickly before you read your letter, how could they do that? So we have information meetings on the second Mondays of the month at um, the Panino Building, which is at 12011 Government Center Parkway, Fairfax, Virginia, 22035. But they also can go to the Fairfax County website with the Department of Family Services, Foster Care and Adoption, or call 702-242-2000. 
703-324-7639 and someone can give you more information. Absolutely wonderful. You're on. Okay. Hi, Kamanya. What a great name and ensure everyone knows your name and how to pronounce it correctly. You and your name will go far and people will, will remember it. Kamanya, you are destined to do great things, not glamorous or necessarily in the public eye, but your actions will help others in your family, your home community, and your work community. You will put others' needs first before your own, but don't forget about you and what you need to persevere, stay healthy, stay focused, and do what God has called you to, you to do to make a difference. Kamanya means in Hebrew, a beautiful flower, full of love, full of compassion, having the spirit of God. You exude those qualities, even at times you may not see it, know it, or believe it. God has put those qualities in you as gifts for you to use it to your greatest potential. Please use it and don't squander your gifts. Thank you for what you will become and who you are now. Don't stop growing and challenge, challenging yourself or challenging others as you only can get better. Lots of love, your future self. Come on, yeah, I love that. You flower, you. <laughs> I want to add to that beautiful letter of encouragement uh, to my listening audience. Uh, for those of you that get tired during the week and go, you know, I'm, I'm tired of being tired, or I, I don't want to go to work today, or I don't want to fix dinner. Remember, when you're down, you're not alone. Okay, check your label. You're a one-off. You are a designer's original. And I want to remind you, you're worthy. You are not your circumstances. You have everything you need inside of you to be the person you were created to be. I want you to know that I'm here, and I hear you. Reach out to me. Your seat at the table is guaranteed. All you have to do is tune in. You're listening to RadioFairfax.org. Hey, treat yourself like someone you love. Until I talk to you next time, this is Tyra G.